section thirteen of orpheus in mayfair and other stories and sketches this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. Orpheus in Mayfair and Other Stories and Sketches by Maurice Baring. Section 13. The Man Who Gave Good Advice. To Henry Cust. When he was a child, his baby brother came to him one day and said that their elder brother, who was grown up, had got a beautiful small ship in his room. Should he ask him for it? The child, who gave good advice, said, No, if you ask him for it, he will say you are a spoiled child, but go and play in his room with it before he gets up in the morning, and he will give it to you. The baby brother followed this advice, and sure enough, two days afterwards, he appeared triumphant in the nursery, with the ship in his hands, saying, He said I might choose the ship or the picture book. Now the picture book was a colored edition of Baron Munchausen's adventures. The boy who gave good advice had seen it and hankered for it. As the baby brother had refused it, there could be no harm in asking for it. So the next time his elder brother sent him on an errand, it was to fetch a pincushion from his room. Judging the moment to be propitious, he said to him, May I have the picture book that baby wouldn't have? I don't like little boys who ask, answered the big brother, and there the matter ended. The child who gave good advice went to school. There was a rage for stag beetles at the school. The boys painted them and made them run races on a chessboard. They imagined, rightly or wrongly, that some stag beetles were much faster than others. A little boy called Bell possessed the stag beetle which was the favorite for the coming races. Another boy called Mason was consumed with longing for this stag beetle and bell had said he would give it to him in exchange for mason's catapult which was famous in the school for the unique straightness of its two prongs mason went to the boy who gave good advice and asked him for his opinion don't swap it for your caddy said the boy who gave good advice because bell's stag beetle may not win after all and even if it does stag beetles won't be the rage for very long but a caddy is always a caddy and yours is the best in the school mason took the advice when the races came off the stag beetles were so erratic that no prize was awarded and they immediately ceased to be the rage the rage for stag beetles was succeeded by a rage for secret alphabets one boy invented a secret alphabet made of simple hieroglyphics which was imparted only to a select few who spent their spare time in corresponding with each other by these cryptic signs the boy who gave good advice was not of those initiated into the mystery of the cipher and he longed to be he made several overtures, but they were all rejected. 
the reason being that boys of the second division could not let a third division squit into their secret at last the boy who gave good advice offered to one of the initiated the whole of his stamp collection in return for the secret of the alphabet this offer was accepted the boy took the stamp collection but the boy who gave good advice received in return not the true alphabet but a sham one especially manufactured for him this he found out later but recriminations were useless besides which the rage for secret alphabets soon died out and was replaced by a rage for aquariums newts and natterjack toads the boy went to a public school he was a fag his fag master had two fags one morning the other fag came to the boy who gave good advice and said clark he was the fag master told me three days ago to clean his football boots he's been staying out and hasn't used them and i forgot he'll want them to-day and now there isn't time i shall pretend i did clean them no don't do that said the boy who gave good advice because if you say you have cleaned them he will lick you twice as much for having cleaned them badly say you forgot the advice was taken and the fag master merely said don't forget again a little later the fag master had some friends to tea and told the boy who gave good advice to boil him six eggs for not more than three minutes and a half the boy who gave good advice while they were on the fire took part in a rag which was going on in the passage the result was that the eggs remained seven minutes in boiling water they were hard when the fag master pointed this out and asked his fag what he meant by it the boy who gave good advice persisted in his statement that they had been exactly three minutes and a half in the saucepan and that he had timed them by his watch so the fag master caned him for telling lies the boy who gave good advice grew into a man and went to the university there he made friends with a man called crawley who went to a neighbouring race meeting one day and lost two or three hundred pounds i must raise the money from a money-lender somehow said crawley to the man who gave good advice and on no account must the master hear of it or he would send me down or write home which would be worse on the contrary said the man who gave good advice you must go straight to the master and tell him all about it he will like you twice as much forever afterwards he never minds people getting into scrapes when he happens to like them and he likes you and believes you have a great career before you crawley went to the master of the college and made a clean breast of it the master told him he had been foolish very foolish but he arranged the whole matter in such a manner that it never came to the ears of crawley's extremely violent tempered and puritanical father the man who gave good advice got a first in mods and every one felt confident he would get a first in greats he did brilliantly in nearly all his papers 
but during the latin unseen a temporary and sudden lapse of memory came over him and he forgot the english for manubio which the day before he had known quite well means prize money in fact the word was written on the first page of his notebook the word was in his brain but a small shutter had closed on it for the moment and he could not recall it he looked over his neighbor's shoulder his neighbor had translated it booty he copied the word mechanically knowing it was wrong as he did so he was detected and accused of cribbing he denied the charge the matter was investigated the papers were compared and the man who gave good advice was disqualified in all his other papers he had done incomparably better than anyone else when he left oxford the man who gave good advice went into a government office he had not been in it long before he perceived that by certain simple reforms the work of the office could be done twice as effectually and half as expensively he embodied these reforms in a memorandum and they were not long afterwards adopted he became private secretary to snipe a rising politician and persuaded him to change his party and his politics snipe owing to this advice became a cabinet minister and the man who gave good advice having inherited some money stood for parliament himself he stood as a conservative at a general election and spoke eloquently to enthusiastic meetings the wire pullers prophesied an overwhelming majority when shortly before the poll at one of his meetings he suddenly declared himself to be an independent and made a speech violently in favour of home rule and conscription the result was that the liberal imperialist got in by a huge majority and the man who gave good advice was pelted with rotten eggs after this the man who gave good advice abandoned politics and took to finance in this branch of human affairs he made the fortune of several of his friends preventing some from putting their money in alluring south african schemes and advising others to risk theirs on events which seemed to him certain such as the election of a president or the short-lived nature of a revolution events which he foresaw with intuition amounting to second sight at the same time he lost nearly all his own money by investing it in a company which professed to have discovered a manner cheap and rapid of transforming copper into platinum he made the fortune of a publisher by insisting on the publication of a novel which six intelligent men had declared to be unreadable it was called the conscience of john digby and when published it sold by thousands and tens of thousands but he lost the handsome reward he received for this service by publishing at his own expense on magnificent paper an edition of rabelais's work in their original tongue he frequently spotted winners for his friends and for himself but any money that he won at a race meeting he invariably lost coming home in the train on the three-card trick 
nor did he lose touch with politicians and this brought about the final catastrophe a great friend of his the eminent john brooke had the chance of becoming prime minister parties were at that time in a state of confusion the question was should his friend ally himself with or sever himself forever from mr capek's nissy the leader of the liberal aristocracy party who seemed to have a large following his friend john brooke gave a small dinner to his most intimate friends in order to talk over the matter the man who gave good advice was so eloquent so cogent in his reasoning so acute in his perception that he persuaded brooke to sever himself forever from capex nissy he persuaded all who were present with the exception of mr shortsight a pig-headed man who reasoned falsely so annoyed did the man who gave good advice become with shortsight and so excited in his vexation that he finally lost his self-control and hit him as hard as he could on the head after shortsight had repeated a groundless assertion for the seventh time with the poker shortsight died and the man who gave good advice was convicted of wilful murder he gave admirable advice to his counsel but threw away his own case as soon as he entered the box himself which he insisted on doing he was hanged in jail at reading many people whom he had benefited in various ways visited him in prison among others john brooke the prime minister it is said that he would certainly have been reprieved but for the intemperate and inexcusable letters he wrote to the home secretary from prison it's a great tragedy he was a clever man said brooke after dinner when they were discussing the misfortune at downing street a very clever man but he had no judgment no said snipe the man whose private secretary the man who gave good advice had been that's it it's an awful thing but he had no judgment end of section thirteen